Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Isabella Jiao, VP of Marketing at FanFood. Isabella, thanks so much for making time. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. So what's FanFood? Tell us about the company. Yeah, we are a on-premise mobile ordering platform for sports, live entertainment, or hospitality venues. So think of us almost as your takeout apps, but for on-premise food and service outlets. So that could be a stadium concession stands, that could be concession stands at your theaters, that could be a food court at a convention center, um, any sort of on-premise locations. You can order on your phone by downloading an app or scan a QR code and just order online. And yeah, the kitchen will prepare the food, have it to um, a drop-off location, or you can go and pick it up, or they can even deliver it to you, um, to your seat, your table, your car even sometimes for curbside. Um, it's very versatile. We have over 300 locations using us worldwide, um, including some of the largest locations like Circus of America for F1 race. We've mm. operated there before. Uh, we're operating at Premium Suites at Wrigley Field. So some exciting opportunities coming up. We do span a wide variety of venues from high schools, colleges to um, raceways, amusement parks. Um, if they're food and people, you name it, we can serve it. Oh, that's so cool. So in other words, if I'm at a basketball game or whatever, instead of having to go to the concession and wait in the line mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and meanwhile, the game is starting, I can just order it exactly. and either go pick it up or someone might deliver it. That's awesome. Yeah, just scan a QR code and order it. We also have that at certain restaurants because especially if you don't want to split checks with people, you know, it's always a hassle waiting for someone yeah, yeah. to close the tab. You can just order and pay on your phone and leave at your own pace without having to wait for a server. Very cool. Yeah, it's 2021. Great idea. <laughs> 2021. Great idea. Okay. So who's the main audience you're trying to engage through your marketing? Mm-hmm. So it really depends on the market. And, you know, working and marketing for fan food very soon, I realized it can get really convoluted really fast. We do span about dozens of different markets and every market is different. For sports, um, you know, sometimes is the stadium operators. Sometimes is the food service companies, um, sometimes the teams. So it's really a lot of stakeholders being involved in making one decision. Um, and if it's a, a high school, it could be a booster club because they're the ones running the concession. If it's restaurants or theaters, depends on the size, it could be the owner. Or if it's a large chain, you might want to look at um, you know, partnerships, strategic partnerships or new business development. So it really, really depends. Um, But all in all, we target people who work in food service, hospitality, F&B, and guest experience, because ultimately this is for the convenience of the customers. Um, This is to make their life easier and so that they can enjoy um, the game, the event, whatever it is, without having to wait for food. So people working in guest experience, people working in food service, sometimes people working in IT because, you know, after the pandemic, everybody's looking for some sort of contactless solution. So people are already mm-hmm. out there looking for this. Sometimes the IT department may already be looking for a solution that works the best with their existing POS system or their existing operations. Um, sometimes it's the marketing people who want to be able to say, hey, we offer this amenity to their customers. 
So we learn very quickly that it's it really depends.、Mm-hmm. Um, but primarily, we target F and B folks and、um, hospitality. Okay, so it sounds to me like part of your challenge then is number one, just figuring out who to target, and number two, figuring out how to reach those people. Right,、mm-hmm. how to create content that's going to resonate with a particular audience. So let's talk about that. What are your main challenges in breaking through the noise to reach, say, you know, one of, to to reach one of those target audiences、mm-hmm. or or more than one? Yeah. So personalization and testing.、Um, and so one personalization is really first of all audience segmentation. You can segment based on markets, by job titles, by level of engagement with our content,、um, and from there, every week with our newsletters or our social engagements or paid ads, whatnot, we try to segment by audience and see what group responds the most within what market.、Um, and from there, we can be like, oh, minor league sports is typically F and B directors that we see the most success.、Um, So, so from there, really, like, and personalized based on what they care about.、Um, we try. We are very big on content strategy, so we we are really big on giving before taking. So we want to provide value to their job to make their job easier before we're like, hey, buy our product. So we really、yeah. want to figure out what's your pain point, what keeps you up at night, what are you thinking about the most these days. So. Lost revenue is a big thing from last year because most food service operations were shut down for the whole year. So, how can we, you know, position ourselves as a way for you to make up for the lost revenue?、Um, and then staffing is another huge problem this year. Restaurants struggling to find servers or cashiers. How can you, you know, creatively try to make up for that shortage to pr- provide the same level of, you know, customer experience without adding more bodies? So. Mobile ordering is a great one because you don't need a server to be watching over the tables all the time. People can just order, pay, leave on their own. You don't need someone to be checking in every ten minutes. So, really thinking about thinking from their perspective is a huge thing. And then testing is another、uh, another way for us to see what、um, you know really is the trigger for them to convert. And that could be by looking at data. Be it from ads engagement, email engagement,、um, landing page, website conversion, all those you know standard stuff. But on a, another note, I would say is really helpful is sales and marketing communications because especially when you're trying to break into a new market, just the numbers alone don't tell you the complete story. I need qualitative data as well, so I have to be asking our sales team exactly what do you talk about in the conversations. Um, what are the people like? What are the objections? What do they care about? How do they hear about that us? Like all these kind of、um, conversations really help me in terms of figuring out what clicks, who are the people, what have we seen success in, and then we double down on that. So I would say, you know, target segmentation, and then just testing and iterating, and constantly see what's been working, what's not, and constantly improve from there. Okay, great. I, I really like what you said about working closely with sales. That makes、mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Market sales, marketing, and sales alignment, right, can be a really、yeah. powerful thing if you do it right. So, what's an example of something that you've learned about one of your target markets through talking to sales that maybe was kind of surprising? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say、um, 
probably mostly in the sports industry where it's always hard, you know, trying to nail down to who's the buyer because sometimes there's no answer. It's a group of people making decisions. So um, we could be, you know, for example, just honing in on F&B directors for a while, but not really seeing results. And by talking with the salespeople, we'll realize, hey, sometimes marketing departments have a huge say in this. Um, we would be like, wait, we never think of that. Like, Or sometimes brand partnerships have a huge say in this because some teams do like to use digital uh, ordering as some sort of digital sponsorship assets because we we can place logos, partner like sponsor logos within the platform to have those conversions and impressions. And we would be like, oh, that is not something we would have thought of. But through conversations, those are actually sometimes heavy champions for a platform like FanFu, which at first glance might seem far-fetched, but actually makes a lot of sense. So from there, we start, oh, how do we target those people? How do we find those people? What kind of messaging can we craft for those people? What value can we add for those people? So then we sort of, by that point, you know, we are really honing down different personas, different job titles, different markets, and an all-in approach. And with that, you know, by that point, it's almost like account-based marketing where you really try to bring the whole group on board for each team or each venue or whatever to make sure they've all heard about fan food, probably in different contexts, probably about mm-hmm. different content. But it really builds credibility and builds the sense that, oh, fan food knows what they're talking about. They know how to work with, you know, different stakeholders. And yeah, so I would say that that is something really surprised me, but I was like, I'm glad I listened, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so it sounds like even at the most basic level of just understanding who should we be talking to, who, mm-hmm. who should we be aiming our content at, it's easy to make an assumption and then realize like, oh, no, actually, we need to be thinking about these people or a combination of these types of people. That's yeah. that's really interesting. I mean, that's you can't you're not going to win unless you know who you need to be talking to. Exactly. Right? And sometimes just common objections because you can see, mm. you know, conversion dropping down or engagement falling, but you don't really know why. You can guess is it seasonality? Is it is it something like um, the numbers only tell you that much? So this is the time when I reach out to sales, be like, hey, all the inbound leads, what have they said about us? Um, mm-hmm. What were their objections? Is it bad timing? Is it budget? Is it what is it? So from there, we can sort of picture, and and that's when marketing starts brainstorming, okay, we know they are concerned about A, B, and C. How can we come up with a campaign or an offer that directly address A, B, and C, and then see if we can lift conversion and engagement from there? So, Yeah, that's really smart. And then so when you use that information to create content, do you keep involving sales in that? Do they look at the content and give you feedback and that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. So we definitely try as much as we can. We set up automation where every social post that goes out will directly be sent to a company Slack channel where everybody knows, oh, marketing is putting out this blog or this graphic or this video or this testimonial. Like they can see all of that. And if we if there are posts that we really want people to share, um, we will thread in that post be like here's the suggested caption here's the context we want you to share this on linkedin tag these teams use these hashtags whatever so um they do see the content we put out maybe not everything 
Um, but we try to make sure that they know if they're an important piece of information that we think will be helpful for them to rekindle conversations or do follow-ups with their key targets. Um, we'll be like, we have all these, please use them. And we do produce a lot of sales enablement tools. Those can be one-pagers, decks, videos, testimonials, blog, stats, case studies, whatnot. We do keep them in a central location where everything is cataloged mm -hmm. with links, tracking links, of course, because attribution mm -hmm. is important. And so it's a one central location where whatever they need, they just always go to the same link and find the thing. So. Okay, and that gives you important data so you can see what's actually being used, yeah. meaning, ah, that's useful. I'm sure there are some things you're like, mm, no one's using that. We <laughs> yeah. don't, that's a good lesson to learn. Right? Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so final thoughts. Based on your experience and based on what we've been talking about, what's something that folks in marketing can do to improve their engagement, something they can start doing right away? Yeah, I would say one big lesson I learned through my career is really being empathetic, which sounds so basic and so vague, but so hard in practice. Um, because we always come from our perspective. We want to be like, you know, how do we increase revenue? How do we increase number of leads? But really sometimes just really switch our perspective. Be like, okay, I am the concessionaire. I am running the concession stand today. Like some, like as much as possible, I encourage our team to really go on site and really be at the concession stand for a day or sometimes be at the activation, talk to the partners, talk to the customers to actually really go through that experience or be the app user, um, place an order on fan food and see what that is like. And from there, I can really see what's the friction, what's the pain point um, and really be them. What do they mm -hmm. read? What do they think about? What are the memes they look at? <laughs> what gifts to do they look at like all these different things i will try to think about that i think that really just in general helps you with finding the right channels finding the right medium crafting the right content just when you make their life easy and when they like 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 seeing what you are putting out i think that credibility and affinity really go a long way um, especially with an industry that is so seasonal, you might not always meet them at the right time when they're ready to buy. But you want to always be on top of mind for them so that when they're ready to buy, fan food is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, so yeah, I would say that's number one, like just change the mindset, really remind yourself every day conscientiously, what do they need? How can I add value? That's awesome. I love that. It's like what you said before, the data is important. The numbers are great, but that's not the whole story. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, behind those numbers, there are people, yeah. individual are human people. beings, and that you have to connect with those people if you're really gonna if you're really gonna succeed in the end. You're right on. Yes, absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, Isabella, thank you so much for an awesome conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Really enjoyed chatting with you. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. 
Thanks for listening and staying engaged.